faithwire.com. Hello and welcome to 4 and 3, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them all from a Christian perspective. Today is Thursday, July 1st. 2021. I'm Dan Andros coming up on the podcast today. Bill Cosby released. People are shocked, but should they be? We'll have an explanation as to what happened. A street preacher in the UK won a big legal case uh, over a wrongful arrest. You may remember that video that we reported on. We'll have the details there. And uh, the media is gushing over China's celebration of communism. A hundred years of the Communist Party in China there. Big celebration. Party on. Party on, according to the American media. And TLC has canceled counting on amid child porn charges against Josh Duggar, the latest of his woes. We'll have those stories and more with Trey Gons Phillips from FaithWire.com. Trey, how's it going today? Good. Yeah. Happy Thursday to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this Cosby story really is just kind of, I know you'll have some details about yep. how that kind of legally happened, but yeah. it just, it really is kind of like a cultural, a cultural shock just because of all the Me Too stuff and like where we've been. I think kind of people had, honestly, I was one of the people, obviously not, nobody impacted by it, but regular everyday people that I, I had kind of forgotten uh, about all that happened with Cosby just because so much has happened since then with the pandemic and, you know, all the racial unrest and all that. So I just kind of had, had forgotten about it. So it's kind of, it was kind of surprising to see all of a sudden like, wow, Cosby is being released. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, when you get into the explanation of it though, um, regardless of your feelings on Cosby and we'll dive in here in just a second, it's, uh, the legal explanation makes sense and, uh, it, it may not be popular, but, um, it seems like it was actually maybe the right call. And so, uh, mm. you know, again, n- not a judgment on what what he has or hasn't done with his activities. But legally right. speaking, um, there is definitely reason for it. And we'll, we'll explain here with our uh, first story. And that is Bill Cosby getting released from prison yesterday. Uh, Pennsylvania's highest court overturned his sexual assault conviction. He was sentenced to three to 10 years in prison for allegedly drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constand in 2004. Um, He served three years in prison. Uh, Helicopters actually followed his car uh, as it picked up Cosby and headed down the highway. It was reminiscent of those scenes from the O.J. Simpson uh, era when they were following him down the road there when he was in the car. But uh, afterwards, Cosby tweeted a picture of himself with a raised fist and He had the words, I have never changed my stance nor my story. I've always maintained my innocence. Thank you to all my fans, supporters, and friends who stood by me through this ordeal. Special thanks to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court for upholding the rule of law. Cosby's legal team also Mm -hmm. had posted on his Twitter. uh, He said, attention America, they're lying to you again. Here are the facts, contrary to the reports that you have been reading in the media. Mr. Cosby was never charged nor convicted of rape. He was convicted of aggravated indecent assault for which he maintains his innocence. Gloria Allred, who represented other accusers, uh, said the overturning of the conviction on technical grounds was not uh, vindicate Cosby, did not vindicate Cosby. Um, And she said, my heart goes out, especially to those who bravely testified in both of his criminal cases. Uh, I represented a majority of the prior bad act uh, accusers who testified. Um, the technical grounds is, uh, is the following of the rule of law, actually, as Cosby mentioned, 
And here's how it happened. So Cosby had sat for a civil disposition only uh, because former Montgomery County District Attorney Bruce Castor, whose name you might recognize because he was on Trump's uh, for the impeachment trial there. And he had promised that he would not prosecute him criminally. So uh, this was a deal they had made because he didn't think he could win the case. And so um, hmm. they wanted to at least get some justice. So, you know, there was the the reason he sat for this civil disposition was because there was no chance he could go to jail. Zero, none. Uh, they had made that deal. Uh, and so he forfeited his Fifth Amendment rights and uh, ended up, you know, in that case, settling um, the civil lawsuit for $3.38 million back in 2006. Well, in their decision on Wednesday, uh, the judges wrote that Castor had felt he would not be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Cosby drugged and raped Constance. So seeking some measure of justice, Castor decided that the Commonwealth would decline to prosecute Cosby for the incident involving Constance. Therefore, Cosby... Uh, uh, would be forced to testify and or could be forced to testify uh, in the subsequent civil action under penalty of perjury without the benefits of his Fifth Amendment privilege, as I mentioned. Um, that's what the judges were rehashing uh, this week. And so that civil disposition that he ended up, uh, deposition that he ended up giving uh, was later revealed in 2014. That was the other thing. It wasn't supposed to ever come out. It was just, it was supposed to be sealed. So it got leaked in 2014, and then later, one of, you know, Castor had been now out of that position uh, as the DA, and um, one of his successors used the statements he made in that deposition as part of the criminal trial in 2018, uh, which that only came about because of the Me Too movement and the rise of that. And so the new DA decided to file charges against Cosby. And so um, this particular case did not have very much forensic evidence. It relied heavily on the testimony of the accuser. Uh, and, um, of course, the statements from Cosby then were used. And even though they were mm. not supposed to even ever be public, they weren't ever supposed to be uh, used against him. And so regardless of what the contents are of it or how good or bad they are, legally speaking, it just shouldn't have happened. Um, and so the judges wrote that they weighed different remedies, including having another trial for Cosby, but felt there was only one proper remedy. He, mu remedy, he must be discharged and any future prosecution on, on these particular charges must be barred. We do not dispute that this remedy is both severe and rare, but it is warranted here, indeed compelled. Uh, according to Ellie uh, Honig, a legal analyst, she said there's no way the U.S. Supreme Court will take this case. Uh, the court says you cannot retry him for this particular victim uh, of Constand referring to. So we know that the statute of limitations has passed for many of these victims. So um, that, interestingly, this one, I don't think, Trey, is really a, a left-right issue per se. Um, people yeah. are outraged. You know, they're frustrated about this. Um, and, you know, it would it would appear, I would say, at a minimum, at a, you know, Cosby's at least guilty of wildly immoral behavior. Um, you know, he's maintaining his innocence. So these are these are difficult cases because a lot of times there's not a lot of evidence. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's that one statement that's saying that he did provide them with drugs while he was trying to have, you know, sexual relations with them. Um, and so that was used. But again, it 
legally it should not have been allowed to be used. So um, it's tough because clearly, clearly, you know, there's some shady behavior going on, possibly definitely immoral behavior and possibly illegal behavior going on. But again, it shouldn't have come. It just shouldn't have been used, allowed to have been used to him in the court, given the agreement that they made in court. And that's what the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ended up uh, deciding on. But uh, before I throw it back to you, Trey, this is where I'll leave it. Um, you know, Cosby's going to have to fade his, face his creator someday. And so there will be justice. And as Christians, we can rest assured that that God is going to judge our actions here on earth. We're going to have to count for them. And he's going to judge them perfectly. So if if you think Cosby's getting away with something here, he's not going to get, maybe he'll get away with it here for his remaining few years on earth. I mean, he's getting up there. He's in his 80s. Um, but yeah. God knows the truth and God is a righteous judge. So uh, he will be judged someday on, on these actions. Yeah. So, um, you know, at least as Christians, we, you know, we know that much. So. Yeah. So, I mean, as a believer, obviously I fully agree with that. I think too, though, like it just seems based on, you know, what you were explaining as far as the technicalities that got him yeah. out and the agreements that were made beforehand and then how it all kind of unraveled from there. Um, it, like this seems like it's the perfect storm of legal loopholes for Cosby. Right? Yeah. Like he, I mean, it just, everything seemed to have just kind of fallen in place. Uh, you know, with the, whether it's because of the statute of limitations, these accusations didn't come until years and years and years later. As so that was already kind of in his yeah. favor legally. And then uh, the agreement with this constant issue. So uh, it just says everything kind of fell into place for Cosby. And his age is something, too, that I think people took into account. Like he's already fairly old and, you know, he has some health problems. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much longer he's he seems healthy. He just seems, you know, he's had some health issues in the past, but anyway, it's just, it seems like quite a, quite a storm of perfect, uh, you know, circumstances working in his favor. Well, yeah. And, and look, you, you don't want, I mean, again, like you have to take whatever may have happened out of there. The, the fact of the matter is when, sure. when the case was initially prosecuted, uh, Castor, Castor, it's not like they had this mortal lock case on him. They, he knew that, yeah. you know what, there's really not a lot of evidence here. And I, you know, regardless if I believe yeah. it happened or not, can we get a conviction? And he did not think he could. So they made an agreement. Right. So, so there's a very good chance that he could have gone to court and then just, it would have been dismissed at that time. And so, um, yeah. you know, and so the agreement then is made and then he gives up his fifth amendment rights. And then you turn around and you, that's just a bad precedent, you know, again, taking out Cosby out of this. That's not a way you want to operate legally like, oh, well, something popular is happening now. Let's just go ahead and ignore the law and just take those other statements out of there. I mean, you can see how that would right. be abused if that becomes the precedent where you can just ignore uh, ignore all these things that are happening or legally set. And you're just allowed to just do it because Twitter's mad about something, whether they're right or wrong doesn't actually matter you do not want a a society that operates you know that way when it comes to the law yeah. in my opinion anyway. and I th- so. yeah and i think that's part of the frustration that i've had with this like turning uh these these high profile cases into kind of entertainment uh, yeah. when there's some sort of cultural movement going on it becomes where the jury or the judge you know whatever uh, they they can't really completely separate themselves from that moment that cultural moment right. uh so it ends up being like an activist decision and it's not necessarily a legal decision, which is 
what it should be. Obviously, with these convictions and with sentencing decisions, you know, whatever, our justice system is set up where it's you know, beyond reasonable doubt. Are you guilty of all this stuff? Uh, so I think sometimes not just with the Cosby case, like you said, but with other stuff, we let that kind of fly out the window and be like, well, I need to do what is morally right, right. in the cultural moment. You know, I need to stand up for this, you know, whatever. Uh, and it ends up being about so much more than the case. And, it, you know, that precedent could down the line be pretty unfair to, to somebody uh, who's sitting on the stand. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. All right, I know, so, I know, I went right. way too long on that one, but uh, I felt like there were a lot of details worth explaining there. So, yeah, for sure. All right, story number two. Uh, so, a Christian preacher in the UK uh, has won his case uh, against a local police force after he was arrested in December of 2019 for preaching the gospel. Uh, so the Liverpool County Court awarded David McConnell, that's the preacher's name, uh, $4,500 plus his legal fees for his wrongful arrest, his false imprisonment, and the violation of his human rights, according to a statement from the Christian Institute, which supported the minister's case. Uh, so initially, officers with the West Yorkshire Police Department arrested McConnell for what they called a hate-related public order offense and, quote, for preaching on gay rights and abortion. Uh, McConnell said he was never told why he was arrested uh, and was never given the opportunity to, def to defend himself or even explain himself and what he was doing, why he was preaching, and you know, how it came to be. Uh, he called the entire ordeal distressing. Uh, so Simon Calvert of the Christian Institute, he condemned McConnell's arrest as a clear breach of his human rights and, quote, a failure to follow the laws governing arrest and detention. He said the case the courts and the court's decision reaffirmed the value and importance of free speech. Calvert said that Christian street preachers have got just as much legal right to speak in public as anyone else. Uh, and the judge agreed with Calvert. He said free speech includes not only the inoffensive, but the irritating, the contentious, the eccentric, the heretical, the unwelcome, and the provocative, provided it does not tend to promote violence. Freedom only to speak inoffensively is not worth having, the judge added. Mm. I completely agree with that comment. Yeah. Um, so uh, and I'm kind of impressed by how strong his statement was, uh, given the UK's rules on, on speech. So uh, what's the left saying? Obviously, like I just said, the laws governing speech in the UK are much different than they are here. Uh, but generally speaking, the left is more supportive of, of mandates from the government that limiting speech. Uh, so what's the right saying? Well, conservatives are on the other end of the spectrum, generally speaking, and are pushing for increasingly less censorship. Uh, so why does it matter? I think, Dan, I, like I was reading this story and, and kind of digging into this within the context of all the pastors that have been arrested in mm -hmm. Canada recently, the restrictions on churches here during COVID. Uh, so it's good to see this victory for religious yeah. liberty. It might seem like a small one. You know, he only got $4,500, but uh, the, the court did have to acknowledge that they wrongfully arrested him and all the charges against him were dropped. So that's really the bigger deal here is that the, the police force was, was made to acknowledge yeah, we shouldn't have done this. We were wrong. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that it sets a, a precedent in the UK uh, for ministers and for, for preachers moving forward because uh, this kind of religious liberty should be protected and it shouldn't be, we shouldn't trample on religious liberty in the name of, well, we don't want to offend somebody with our speech. I don't think that's the way to go here. Yeah, no, it is encouraging to see uh, some sanity in a ruling like this when yeah. it comes to these free speech issues because I think... Christians, uh, particularly in America, are sort of bracing for impact. I mean, you see what's happening in Canada. Um, I think Christians are bracing for impact of, okay, 
Uh, we see where this is going. We're, we see where the trend is heading. And so you can kind of almost like breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief and saying like, whoa, well, maybe people will realize, hey, just because maybe certain forms of speech aren't socially and culturally popular right now, like saying marriage is between a man and a woman. Um, yeah. Perhaps it's worth defending their right to say that. Uh, it's good to see more people say that because it's it's quite obviously the right way to go. But um you know, people with power get, end up usually get, getting tempted with that power to do things that they shouldn't do with it. So uh, good to see this decision yeah. for sure. And it's it's frustrating to me when I hear like, well, we have you have free speech, but it's like as soon as you put in the but, it's like <laughs> right, next, so no. you don't really have you don't have free speech. <laughs> then I mean, obviously there there are certain exceptions. Right, right. Are, but, well, I mean, you, could, you, could, you have to take on a case by case basis, yeah. but like the, the general restrictions, like if we're just going to say, well, but you can't say anything hateful against this community and that community. That's like, okay, but those words are so uh, like opaque or so vague. So it's like, what is, what does hateful mean? Uh, and then you have to, you, you know, you leave it up to the court to define it. So it gets kind of tricky and dangerous when you yeah. start putting uh, limits on, on things that are quote unquote hateful uh, because then, you know, who's to define what, hateful means uh so but all that to say this is certainly like you said a good a good sign and a worth celebrating for this pastor indeed all right let's uh let's jump into story number three another another celebration happening here uh this one <laughs> apparently the american quite a different one yeah quite a different one and uh the american media is all in on this one uh we'll get communist china they're uh they may be in the midst of hunting bibles and rounding up Muslims and putting them in re-education camps, and also suppress, suppressing speech and brainwashing citizens about the communist regime and cracking down on Hong Kong and human rights abuses there. Oh, and they also might be fresh off the heels of letting a deadly virus um, plague the entire globe for the last year plus, all while lying about it. But ABC wants you to celebrate quote-unquote party time. Uh, that was what the tweet from ABC News yeah. read. CNN said, this is an actual tweet from CNN. The Chinese Communist Party is about to turn 100, but Xi will be the real star. It's analysis by Ben Westcott. So, the star of the whole show. And there it is. If you're watching on the stream right now, you saw they had the military jets. They had helicopters. A whole bunch of helicopters uh, forming the number 100 in the sky. Um, but, uh, again, it's just a disturbing propaganda display here. And again, they're celebrating communism here. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if the people remember, but they starved millions of people there because of communism. But, uh, anyway, here's what president Xi said. He said, no one should underestimate the resolve and the will and ability of the Chinese people to defend their national sovereignty and territorial integrity. He also said only socialism can save China and only socialism with Chinese characteristics can develop China. He said we'll never allow anyone to bully, oppress, or subjugate China. Anyone who dares to try to do that will have their heads bashed bloody against the Great Wall of Steel forged by over 1.4 billion Chinese people. The crowd also joined in singing a song called Without the Communist Party There Would Be No New China. So it sounds like a lovely time. Uh, according to the BBC, the 100th anniversary celebrations uh, this morning saw military jets, as you can see there, cannon salutes, quote-unquote patriotic songs, and this, I love this line, 
a carefully vetted crowd were in attendance in Beijing's Tiananmen Square. <laughs> carefully vetted. Hmm. I wonder what that looked like. Um, the country has seen a media blitz in recent weeks promoting a party-approved version of Chinese uh, China's history. And uh, interestingly, Trey, the Cultural Revolution purges, the 1989 Tiananmen Square protests, the pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong... Um, I don't know the uh, millions in starvation, um, in the famine. None of that was reported. Um, you know, the protests in Hong Kong, the people going missing there. None of that was reported as part of the China's China's history. So, uh, meanwhile, everyone's yelling at America to to you know apologize for the sins of her past, which I feel like we've done a bazillion times over. But they keep yelling at yeah. us about it. But then China sitting here doing these, you know, military parades and and celebrating communism. But no one seems to want to hold them accountable to that. Um, so, not so much a, a hot potato political button um, in America, really. Uh, on this particular parade, I think I think most people kind of acknowledge the ridiculousness of it. But why why does it matter? It matters because China is obviously a global superpower. Um, and, uh, they, they don't care about people. They're willing to lie when it came to the pandemic and they sit there and say they handled it great. Um, you know, just human rights abuses, losses of freedom. We showed the, the, the mind altering re-education camps that they have. Um, so all of these human rights abuses are happening and the media is yeah. kind of just saying, Hey, let's celebrate it. You know, that's fun. And, um, so what will rule the day, Trey? I mean, is it going to be the global elites who benefit from a powerful China or freedom and human flourishing? I, I mean, we just got to be in prayer for everyone in China because it's bizarre. I mean, Elon Musk even just tweeted out praising China. I don't know if his account got hacked or what, um, but that was yeah. bizarre. And it's like, you, you got to stand up for these people. I, you know, we talk about justice and social justice and human rights. I mean... Places like North Korea and China, it's like ground zero for those things. And people just seem to want to sugarcoat it. Yeah. And these same people like at, at CNN and ABC News and, you know, wherever. Mm -hmm. I, I remember not that long ago when Trump was suggesting a July 4 parade, military, you know, mm -hmm. led parade through D.C. It was like the most... <laughs> dictatorial tyrannical yeah, idea like right. absolutely awful like it just i mean like it was otherworldly that trump would even right. ever suggest uh and trump liked the idea not because of china he liked the idea because he went and saw in france yeah. he was in paris with their president emmanuel macron and he liked the uh parade that they did and he wanted to kind of uh mimic that in the united states um but it's just uh, I don't, I don't know. It's just so dumb to have heard that uh, and then to see this like party time about how, <laughs> how, incre how incredible right. this is with China. And it's like still, it seems, I think I haven't looked in a long time, but uh, for the longest time, for nearly a year uh, through the pandemic, if you Googled the number of cases of COVID in China, yeah, it just stayed uh, Google, the same. at least, and, and CNN were taking uh, China's word for it and they like, oh, it's only 84,000 right. cases. Uh, you know, eight months into the pandemic when the United States had millions upon millions. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I fully believe that. Yeah, um, especially, so they, just... yeah, because they were like at 80,000 right away, like within a month or something, and, and it just stayed there, yeah, just, and it stopped. just The needle never moved. No, it the, just stopped. The needle never moved on that. And never. I just think 
why is it that we just take China's word for it completely? Like we give China not just the benefit benefit of the doubt. Our media does favors for China, yeah. and then with Trump or any other Republican who ends up in the media, we have to ascribe the the worst possible, most nefarious, most disgusting <laughs> motives to, to every to everything, and it's just like. How are people not just like, you know, it's, it is truly a head desk moment. Like just hit your yeah. head against your desk. Like, how and, is this? And, uh, how is this the reality yeah. here? Uh, you know. And what was your reaction to the carefully vetted crowd, Trey? Because that line just uh, blew my mind because I'm trying to imagine what was going on when they were vetting the crowd. I mean, to me, that just like I picture a uh, communist thugs from the regime coming into houses and saying you're showing up at this parade this is what you're wearing yeah. this is what you're going to do have a great time uh and if you don't we're going to shoot you in the head or put you in a in a camp or something like that um and you because this is what they do and so yeah i don't know it's appalling to me when groups and companies like the nba or politicians kind of sugarcoat this um, you know, the NBA, we've covered this and how they kind of, because it's big business for them trying to get into the Chinese market, um, they seem to overlook a lot of these injustices that are going on. Um, yeah. If you want to watch something that will just shock you if you have not seen it, I think it was the BBC that actually did get a reporter in to cover mm -hmm. when people were saying, hey, these Muslims are like disappearing in China, religious minorities disappearing in China. And they're go getting sent to these camps to be re-educated. And so the Chinese actually let someone in there and because they yeah. thought it would be like, hey, we'll just explain what's going on here. And they tried to make it look like it was this pleasant place where it was basically just like a camp. It was like college. They were they, like these like and they're the reporters like uh, this is sort of kind of like prison. And and yeah. the, the Chinese handlers like prison. I mean, are people doing art in prison? Look, and they're like coloring pictures. I mean. This is how insane they are, and we treat them with with kid gloves a lot of times. So, yeah, Crazy. and I, the so the reporting that it was carefully vetted to me is just <laughs> it's so dishonest. But because we like they know that it's much more than just carefully vetted. Because in the United States, when you think of vetted, you think of uh, you know different situations that we've had, like TSA right. or whatever. Of course, it is like I feel like at least until the pandemic. It was a fundamentally American thing, like regardless of your political affiliation, it was an American thing to complain about the TSA. Like we all yeah. kind of dislike yeah. the TSA. That's just as like an American yeah. rite of passage. Right. We didn't like getting felt up the by the TSA heading into the planes, you know, we all could um, join together so, on that. Yeah. And I feel like they're just kind of uh, the media is taking advantage of the fact that Americans are pretty naive as far as what what vetting is because we've had the blessing of being pretty free here in the United yeah. States as far as, as far as that kind of stuff. Uh, so it just, it's, it, it's frustrating to me that that's, they made the, they just kind of glossed over that because yeah. vetting in China, like you said, is I think is highly intrusive uh, to put it kindly uh, would be my, my guess. Indeed. So, all right. Story number four. Uh, so reality, the reality TV network, TLC, they have officially pulled the plug on Counting On uh, following the disturbing child pornography allegations against Josh Duggar, the eldest uh, of the Duggar kids. Uh, so Duggar was arrested in late April on federal charges of possessing child pornography. And if he's convicted, the 33-year-old former reality TV star could face 20 years in prison and up to a quarter of a million dollars 
uh, in fines. Uh, so here's a little bit of background. It was reported in early May that authorities found more than 200 images uh, of child pornography or child sexual abuse material on Duggar's computer uh, and Gerald Faulkner, a Homeland Security agent. He described the findings as within the, quote, top five of the worst of the worst mm. he'd ever examined. And Faulkner said that, yeah, so Faulkner said that Duggar downloaded files that included this is just is awful to me, but a series of child sexual abuse material involving minor children ranging from the ages of about 18 months to 12 years old. Um, so just so deeply, deeply disturbing stuff there. Um, so Duggars pleaded not guilty uh, and is awaiting trial at the home of a family friend. Uh, hearings are set to begin uh, sometime in November of this year. Um, so uh, TLC rebranded the show to Counting On uh, actually in 2015 after Duggar, Josh Duggar, uh, it was came to light that he had molested his a few of his younger sisters when he was an, a young teenager. Uh, so they kind of got rid of the 19 Kids of Counting uh, and rebranded to just Counting On uh, and, and eliminated Josh from the show and actually kind of backed away from how much the parents were on the show as well and just focused on the older daughters. Uh, was kind of became the, the new theme of the show with Counting On, but now, like I said, they've canceled that altogether in light of everything going on. And TLC said they canceled it because they want to give the family privacy to deal with all of this stuff. Uh, so why does it matter? This is not really a political issue. It's not left or right. Uh, one of Josh's siblings, uh, Ginger, she was one of the, the lead characters on Counting On, uh, like I said, which is the spinoff. Uh, she said that she's happy with TLC's decision to end the show. Uh, she says she's grateful for the experience, but is ready to move on to the next chapter of her life. Uh, so this is just the next development in what has been like a, a really long and really difficult saga for the Duggar family. Uh, so I think the takeaway here for us as Christians, as believers, Dan, is just to be prayerful uh, for justice and for the you know the right legal outcome uh, to 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 come to pass, but yeah. also to be praying for Josh's wife, Anna. Uh, and their kids, I cannot imagine what Anna's dealing with, what their their young young children are dealing with, uh, it, it, and even Josh's parents. It has to be you know one oh, of yeah. the worst things to go through as a parent to see your child go through this, uh, you know, to, to see your you know Anna to see her children going through this has to be uh, devastating. So you know, just be in prayer for the family. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it is about one of the worst case scenarios you can have. I mean, you know, we know yeah. sexual immorality is rampant, but uh, then when it involves kids and child pornography, it's particularly egregious and uh, yeah, un unfathomable. You just can't, you can't understand what in the world is going on in someone's mind that that's like, that's a thing. And, um, and so, you know, as you said, be praying for their family and be praying for him too, that he can, that God can open his eyes and just, you know, get him to just turn from that wickedness, you know, and just, yeah, I don't know, go, get, go in the other direction, get the help he needs, um, you know, because, I mean, obviously they're bigger families. I mean, a lot of, lot of souls at stake there in that family. And, you know, you don't know the damage that this kind of stuff does when uh, to, to a family, you know, and uh, you can only imagine uh, the devastation this yeah. is wreaking in that family. So, so definitely, yeah, just be praying for them and, um, you know, get out of the TV shows, you know, get, get away from the TV shows, guys, you know, just yeah. out of the limelight, get, you know, get yourself some, some, some normalcy there. And, um, so, uh, agreed. agreed yeah, I think the, so. a common thread through all of this stuff with the reality show is that a reality TV show 
about a person's family is the worst thing that they can do for their family. Yeah. It just seems like it causes so many unhealthy yeah. uh, patterns and it causes so much stress, which I mean, I'm, I'm sure certain I would feel the same way. So it's like, I, I'm all for it. like, just, you know, get the cameras out. You don't need that added layer yeah. uh, of difficulty and that added layer of scrutiny on, on your family at this time. So I think, you know, the, the fewer people and the fewer eyeballs are looking in on it, uh, I think the better because at this point it's just a grieving process and putting putting the pieces back together as best they can. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, pe- people on the outside don't really need to be, we, we don't need to be observing that or watching it or commenting on it. That's that's for them to deal, deal with. Yeah, uh, agreed. All right. That is all the time that we have for this episode of the 4 and 3 podcast. As always, you can head on over to faithwire.com slash podcasts. And uh, go ahead and follow us there on uh, iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. We'd love to have you uh, here along with us every day as we go through four of the biggest stories of the day and three things about them, what the left's saying, what the right's saying, why does it matter from a Christian perspective. Uh, And as always, head on over to CBNNews.com and FaithWire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Have a great rest of the day.